Hi, I'm Colin Sutherland, Executive Vice President of Sales for Geotab. Um, welcome to Connected with Geotab. This is season two, and we're really excited um, to be able to share more industry-leading expertise and thought leadership in the areas of electric vehicle all the way through how businesses are evolving very rapidly um, as we enter into this next decade. Um, as a leading industry organization, we really feel it is essential for us at Geotab to stay on top of all these key trends and provide leadership and the voices of those uh, leaders that really have been investing their careers in helping businesses like yours that are listening to this one today really make some important decisions. And with that, we have with us today, Eric Malia. So Eric's been with us for several years now, but more than that, Eric is really a leading proponent in the area of what's called peak load management and charging and how infrastructure is going to meet the demands of uh, electric vehicle ownership this decade. We're really excited to have Eric join us today. Um, he's helped craft um, the teams and priorities over about a 10 year history. We'll get into that with Eric just now. So Eric, welcome to Connect with Geotab today. Thanks, Colin. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Um, so let, just start, let's tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience and what brought you to the world of electric vehicle and electric charging infrastructure. Yeah, for sure. Like you mentioned, I've been working on these problems and opportunities for about a decade now. Um, and of course, I joined the Geotab company uh, about two and a half years ago when Geotab acquired Fleet Karma. It was a very exciting moment for myself and, of course, a lot of my colleagues at the time. And um, as you know, and, and many who probably are listening, you know, Fleet Karma was leading in EV telematics at the time. And um, we were looking at all sorts of opportunities and problems. And one of those was related to EV load management and peak load management. Um, and so it became a passion of mine through that work. So we'll, we'll talk about peak load management um, just for the, for the folks as it's really core to the discussion. But when you discuss peak load and you share with us what is peak load management, it sounds like you came to the topic or the interest in peak load management because of electric vehicles and their, imp and their impact on the utilities that have to charge those vehicles overnight. So maybe you can walk us into you know, sort of the genesis of of peak load management and specifically the genesis of, of Geotab Energy, um, the, the brand and the company division of Geotab that we're announcing today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so peak load management really has started in, or started with demand response in what they call one-way demand response, where basically utilities were working with largely commercial customers to say, hey, I need to take a lot of demand off my electrical system now. And can I do that with your company? Can you turn off your factory or, or not have employees come into work tomorrow because we need to manage the demand and get that off the system? So it was this one-way communication, largely with commercial customers because they had you know, large uh, electrical load on, on the grid. And over time, that started to go into the residential sector where uh, one-way communication through uh, switches, like on air conditioners, where you could turn the air conditioner load off and turn it back on, uh, were put in place through the utility. So this was kind of the start of demand response. And over time, that evolved into two-way communication demand response. And that's really where we are today. We have things like smart thermostats um, or other controllable uh, devices, whether it's residential or commercial, 
that are communicating back to the utilities, this is what's going on and it's more dynamic. And then the, the next evolution for peak load management is what we call DERs or distributed energy resources, where all of these are integrated um, in a really an intelligent way so that they are all supporting the needs of the grid uh, very dynamically. So my personal journey, of course, uh, being an EV enthusiast and, and working in that space, I uh, really entered that area with an EV lens, um, but learned so much more, of course, in, in the utility proceedings, in conference proceedings, rather, and um, you know, really understood how does an EV compare to some of these other uh, loads that are being managed by utilities um, or load aggregators. So that was really a great uh, way to begin for me. I was able to bring a lot of EV knowledge and think critically about the problems that these folks in the industry are trying to solve and, and how EVs will provide further problems or, or new opportunities. So let's be clear, the customer in this case isn't necessarily the electric vehicle owner. The, the problem that we're trying to solve for is actually the utility itself, the grid. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, just going back to my grad school days, there's a term that I learned that I don't hear that much in the industry, um, but it's it's a really interesting term. It's called a prosumer rather than a consumer, uh, where an EV owner can be a prosumer on the electrical grid, meaning it, it could provide um, value back to the grid and energy services value and not just be a consumer of electricity. So they're a stakeholder in all of this, but really the customer um, that, that's paying for our services and, and able to collect value on that are the folks managing the electrical infrastructure, um, folks like the electrical utility. So generally they have uh, you know, four things that they're looking for from us in terms of points of value. And the first one is really looking at their system overall, understanding when it peaks and how much production or generation capacity that they need uh, in that peaking time throughout the year and how can they meet that capacity need. And so there's two ways of doing that. One is of course, adding more supply and building more power plants. The other way is to manage demand. And we really fit in on that side, demand side management, they call it. The second way that they offer a lot of um, value to their ratepayers through a program like this is through what, the problem of distribution pinch points. So throughout their distribution network, they have transformers and of course all the wires and, and cables that we're familiar with. And if EVs cluster on those di distribution pinch points, that could create a problem by overloading those transformers and, and that distribution infrastructure. So finding relief on that infrastructure when it's needed is another thing that they look for through our system. So these are a couple of ways that, that they really get value as a customer. The two other ways that are, are less prominent, but still, still part of the equation is um, the case of emergency relief. So we've seen, of course, on the East Coast, whether it's Northeast or Southeast, the impact that storms can have on utility infrastructure um, and, and the desire to have immediate relief of demand on the electrical grid. And then on the West Coast, just this year, we saw the wildfires and how that was causing some blackouts in California um, and wreaking havoc on that side of the continent as well. So uh, in those extreme weather events, having the ability to manage demand is very critical. Even though it's rare, it's really, really valuable. So utilities usually in charge, of course, of being able to do that. And then the fourth 
one that's often less talked about is really around just procuring cleaner and cheaper electricity. Um, so instead of buying electricity from the energy markets when it's peaking and usually dirtier or more expensive, being able to manage EV load or load in general so that you could satisfy it with cleaner and cheaper electricity is another point of value for, for our customers. It's funny because I think that often people that are combustion vehicle owners, and they think of electric vehicles and any excuse why not to have to go to electric. And they might think, oh, good, well, I'm going to do a favor of the utilities and I won't buy an electric vehicle so they won't have to worry about peak load. But the reality is that, I mean, you've been around the utility market longer than anyone I know. The utilities like the idea of balancing the load, right? You've got peaks and you've got troughs. But I mean, if if I'm charging my electric vehicle outside of peak, I'm bringing the trough up higher. I mean, just talk to us about long term. Is this a healthy thing for the utilities? Do they look at electric vehicles as something that they look forward to bringing on to their into the network? Yeah, absolutely. In the early days, there was there was generally two camps that we were uh, two schools of thought in with the customers we were speaking to. One was the folks that are really scared about EV adoption and all the um, problems that could come with that. And then the others that looked at it as this tremendous opportunity um, for, for their company in selling electricity. And really, for it to become a tremendous opportunity, they need to take advantage of, a, of something that they call beneficial electrification. So electrification of stuff, including transportation, is generally a good thing. They sell more electrons. That's good for their business. Um, electrification also usually comes with environmental benefits because it's usually displacing, usually displacing some sort of carbon-centric um, fuel or carbon-intensive fuel, rather. But um, where it becomes beneficial is in what I was describing earlier, really filling those valleys or those troughs and making sure that that's done intelligently. So they want to sell more electrons. That's good for their business. That's good for um, their, their rate payers to do that in the trough area or the valley area. And just to elaborate on that a little bit, if a utility had to build more stuff, more infrastructure because of the, tr the electrification of transportation, ultimately what would happen is utility would be able to recuperate its costs for building more stuff, but they would be forced to pass that on to the rate payer. You and I and, and businesses that have to pay the electricity bills. So there's really a, a tremendous social benefit, not just an environmental and economic benefit, but a social benefit um, to society of keeping electricity rates stable by managing load so that it balances the grid and makes it more reliable and more cost effective to operate. Our company that's been collecting data from fleet vehicles and we transport all that information back for for fleet users. In this case, let's talk about Geotab Energy specifically and the program Smart Charge. And um, what is the purpose of Smart Charge platform? What is the purpose of branding now? Um, what used to be called Fleet Karma? Well, let's uh, elaborate more on what Smart Charge platform is all about. We're really focused on the pains and gains of electric vehicle drivers, whether it's a commercial fleet or an individual consumer, and understanding what are they dealing with? How do we make that better? Uh, how do we make the total cost of ownership better? How do we make the, the fleet management experience better? 
Um, and so we're a very EV-centric company, of course, Colin, as you know, and, and you know, I'm very happy to be working uh, in a company that has that mindset. Um, now, the challenges for fleets uh, with EV adoption are, are different than utilities and individuals. Of course, a fleet uh, would like to uh, look at the total cost of ownership, make sure it makes sense when they're, when they're electrifying their fleet, make sure they have enough range for all the jobs they're doing, um, and, and figure out how to uh, manage electricity at their depots so it's not overloading their facility and, and they're all charging at the same time. But in the case of the consumer, really, they just want to not have to think about load management. They just want to buy their car, love their, the experience of their car, having an electric car. Um, and if they could provide value back to the system and get you know, financial benefits or altruistic satisfaction in doing that, um, you know, we're going to give them the opportunities to do that. And so um, we don't want them to be burdened or, or think too much about uh, how do I provide value back to the grid? We just want to make that really easy and work that out with our utility customer. So it's a tremendous opportunity now to rebrand what we're doing to Geotab Energy because we have a focus on electric vehicle drivers, but we know what we're doing is not just an EV telematics solution. It really is a solution that provides energy services value to utilities and back to the grid. So the, the new brand Geotab Energy really speaks to that. Um, we're really excited to be announcing it. And Smart Charge and Smart Charge Rewards is how the individual EV driver will associate with our product. They will be part of um, a program where they can earn these financial and non-financial rewards for their desirable EV charging behaviors. And we're excited to give them those opportunities. So initially, the program is um, being offered in, to the United States and to U.S. utilities. I believe we have over 30 right now. And you're right. While you know Geotab has been in the fleet world, it's it's very possible that some of those work from home employees might actually be charging their business vehicle, whether it's a sedan or small vehicle, at at home. So it is very possible that we'll see a convergence at some point over the next you know two to three years. Um, as EV adoption, you know, we certainly hope um, is improved in, in the United States. Um, and I think it's a lot of evidence to say that we know at least two years from now that an awful lot of electric vehicle makes and models are going to be hitting the market from the car manufacturers. And of course, the car manufacturers can move relatively quickly in introducing electric vehicles to us as consumers to buy, um, but the utilities can't work quite as quick. So there's that gap, you know, and that that evolution of uh, of electric vehicle car ownership and adoption. And you're right, that seamless transaction, the seamless almost ecosystem between the charging grid and then the vehicle owner. Um, reflect on a minute for me about just uh, if I own my, I own a, an electric vehicle myself, and I know what my personal charging habits are. I do charge at home, but sometimes I don't charge at home, and I charge at the office, or sometimes I charge at a coffee shop that's not far from me as well. Um, how do you, what kind of data have you collected inside Geotep Energy to take a look at charging patterns and charging behaviors? And are, are you able to share some of that data with the utility partners that you work with? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and we've learned a lot um, over the years about how EVs are evolving, not just the behaviors of the drivers, but the vehicles themselves, of course. 
And I know Colin, even from a personal standpoint, knowing you, you had um, you know plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, and and now you uh, purchased a, a battery electric, all electric vehicle, and um, just that in itself, that the vehicle changes that will change your your behaviors. And we're seeing more and more customers, of course, EV customers, getting all electric or what we call battery electric vehicles, and that will create a different profile on the electrical grid than than the um, Sort of the historical use case. In fact, we compared 2017 data to 2019 data, and we saw a stark difference in the coincidence with system peak. Uh, what that basically means is we saw more EV load at the time when the system was peaking in 2019 than in 2017, and it's largely attributed to people getting vehicles with larger batteries that they can drive further and therefore charge more often in charge of quicker rates and they're getting higher uh, charging rates because of that. There's all sorts of interesting insights. We've seen Tesla owners um, use DC fast charging more proportionally compared to other EV drivers in large part because of course Tesla has a fantastic supercharger network um, and some Tesla owners of a certain vintage were able to charge on those superchargers for free. So there's all sorts of interesting dynamics uh, we offer a program called Smart Charge Profile and Smart Charge Insights to our utility customers just so they can learn what's going on um, at a very disaggregated level or in the in case of Smart Charge Insights, at an aggregated level. So uh, very happy to provide that value. And in, within the utility, they have folks in their system planning group that really like to understand you know, what the profile is of EV charging and how that might impact uh, their systems in the future. What, what are you what are you reading as far as electric vehicle adoption in uh, in the United States right now? And uh, and what is the engagement? And do you truly see more than just a little thing on a small slide talking about electric vehicles? Do you see true engagement right now with utilities and trying to plan for this? Yeah, there's definitely an uptake from utilities um, looking at this more and more. So in the utility, sector, it's a highly regulated industry. So it's not just the utilities, but the regulators themselves that are sort of pushing the utilities to be thinking about these things, because the regulators have an interest in stabilizing those electricity rates for the rate payers, the, the consumers and the businesses that are paying the bills. So they have a, a duty to society to make sure that this is being looked at, which is fantastic. But of course, we know, Colin, you and I know, and, and a lot of folks are aware that the proliferation of electric vehicles are coming and, um, you know, there's a big uh, surging demand in this area that's going to uh, make this more and more prominent. So for me, in terms of, you know, what I'm seeing, you know, we'll look at different reports of EV forecasts. And the one that I usually reference has in the U.S. market about 19 million EVs in the U.S. 10 years from now in, in 2030. And there's about one and a half, you know, 1.6 million EVs in the U.S. now. There's so many exciting things about electric vehicles that I just think it's going to keep getting better and better and um, at a much quicker rate than most predict. I think I share your optimism as well. Um, at being, as you said, I had, I've had a plug-in hybrid and now a battery electric uh, vehicle. And um, at first, it takes that leap of faith to try it. And uh, once I did for the first vehicle, I went all in on my battery electric and have not looked back. It's been a phenomenal ownership experience. 
So with respect to the branding of Geotap Energy, um, I mean, I love that you've dedicated, you know, your your the majority of your working career to this segment, uh, which shows passion and it shows dedication to something which is uh, outstanding. So what are you what are you excited about with the branding of Geotab Energy? What does that bring to your uh, to your enthusiasm for the segment? Well, that's a great question. First of all, for me, it's just exciting to kind of align all these ideas around a strategy within a company like Geotab that supports this uh, product and this vision so enthusiastically as well. Um, so we're really excited about that as a team, but I'm most excited for our utility partners and EV drivers. And that's because of this um, ability to really focus in this area and make a lot of strategic investments. I think the experience that both the utilities and the EV drivers are going to have is just going to get so much better. I know that you've traveled um, to Japan and to Europe um, over the last 10 years, learning and sharing your experience as well. Um, so while smart charge uh, platform and smart charge um, tools are being offered primarily today in the United States, I'm sure that there are utilities around the world that would also like to learn more about what you have and maybe you could share some knowledge. Where can people go for more information about Geotab Energy? Yeah, absolutely. So we're excited to announce Geotab Energy and uh, we're gonna make all the information available at geotab.com slash energy. Um, so that's a great starting place and um, we'll be able to receive any inquiries um, at our email address, energy at geotab.com. Um, and of course, you know, we are a lot of enthusiasts. It's not just me on this team. Um, so we have a great team that's out there uh, speaking with folks. And uh, we do like to attend conferences and kind of spread the word. And that, as you mentioned, I've had the privilege and, and delight of being able to cross notes with folks um, around the world and really look forward to uh, speaking with those folks more deeply now with this brand update and and all the investments we're making around this product for sure with um i think 100 different models of electric vehicle that we support now with data more rich and more deep into that electric vehicle than just the surface battery state of charge also looking into the health of the vehicle's battery and also combining vehicle health data uh, the battery health data together with ambient air temperature are there any specific pieces of data that you've learned that are that are kind of unique to the Geotab product line that maybe people don't think of that would be interesting for listeners to know about? Well, I think um, one of the things that's really unique about what we've done over the years is really just collecting data at the vehicle across so many different makes and models. You mentioned 100 now supported within the Geotab platform. And of course, that's only gonna grow even larger. Um, that's a really rare data set to have. Like, there's been similar programs to this that are focused on one vehicle brand or one vehicle type, or maybe they're getting data from the infrastructure. So it's one location, perhaps at the home or at the workplace, but to put all of that together and to be under, able to understand how does workplace charging impact home charging or how does public charging impact home charging is really a unique capability that only Geotab is bringing to the market today. And then to be layering into that platform, the ability to add direct load control through Smart Charge Manager, um, and to be doing that through open standards like uh, Open ADR, Open 
uh, automated demand response is really um, quite unique in the industry. So we've tried to keep making it better over the years, you know, really focus on, um, you know, what's happening with EVs and collecting data in a really reliable, comprehensive way. And now with that understanding, being able to add more and more features that bring more value to our stakeholders, including the utility partners and EV drivers alike. That's super. Um, so we're talking to or addressing on this audience, you know, utility customers and also electric vehicle manufacturers that might really want to make sure that their make and model of vehicle is is compatible with uh, with our systems here at Geotab Energy. So, Eric, thank you so much for sharing um, your time with me today. The entire team, it's a very large team, very passionate team. I couldn't be more happy to to have them part of the Geotab family and our and our overall ecosystem. It's very, very exciting uh, to see where this decade's going to go with people like you and the, the enthusiasm you bring to the company. It's really, really amazing. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for sharing. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today with Connected with Geotab. To stay up to date with fleet news, go to geotab.com forward slash blog and check out our Geotab community to get expert advice and answers to your fleet and your Geotab energy questions. So with that, thanks again, Eric. I really do appreciate everything you do for for us and our extended electric vehicle and electric utility um, ecosystem. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Really appreciate it. And uh, look forward to the next one.